welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining the podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to award-winning interior designer Lucy Penfield of Lucy Interior Design based in Minneapolis. It was exciting to interview Lucy because I discovered that we had much in common. Both of us love pop art. We both declared majors in fields we believed encompassed everything we love. We both have two daughters. We never feel bored. And we fancy ourselves wearing superhero capes. Lucy is a new person in my orbit, and she is a joy. She came to a career in interior design after almost a decade spent working in fashion. Though she double majored in art history and interior design, she couldn't find a design job when she graduated, and so off to the fashion world she went, working first at Talbot's, doing photo shoots, producing the catalog, and getting into buying. Her last job in fashion was in New York, working for an international company, developing silk prints for clients like Bendel's and Neiman's. In that job, she worked with a lot of artists, which she loved. And what she did not like, however, was the intense travel and hours because, at that time, she wanted to have a family. When she became a parent, it was apparent that the demands of 7th Avenue were no longer suiting her lifestyle. And so she packed up and returned to her Midwest roots and devoted herself to interior design. Her first job was with Tom Gunkelman, a bit of an icon in the Minneapolis design scene. Lucy interned for him many years prior, and he warmly welcomed her back to his team and became a great mentor in her life. When she opened her own business, he was completely supportive. Now at the helm of Lucy Interior Design for 15 years, the best part about the job, she says, is working every day with colleagues to create beautiful designs for wonderful clients. What touches her heart is giving back to her community and using design and her relationships to transform lives. Lucy supports Design for a Difference as well as NAS, Northside Achievement Zone. She feels it's her duty. And so between all of her pursuits, including a new pillow collection launched late last year, she makes time for philanthropy and pro bono projects. Lucy is a lifelong learner. A few years back, she got her MA in Design Thinking and now yearns for a PhD. She is also a big-time music and podcast enthusiast, an active ASID member, an artist, forager, and avid reader. In my brief knowing of this exuberant, big-hearted, and gentle doer, I see her as genuine, observant, open-minded, grateful, and artistic. I am sure you will feel the same. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for being on the podcast. Um, Hi, Jane. Good to see you. I have to tell you that the minute that I saw your website, 
I knew that I had to get to know you. I was like, this woman is somebody I want to know. And then I sent you a questionnaire, the one that I sent to like everybody that's going to be on the podcast. And I loved your question. I loved your answers. And I felt a definite kinship with you on a lot of things. So that was like, okay, now for sure, I'm scheduling her in January. <laughs> so. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, it's so fun to be here. And I'm so happy that our mutual friend connected us. And um, that is just very exciting. It's fun to see your pretty face. And you're just a dynamo. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. So we're going to get right into it. Okay. On our first official date, you and I. I like All right. that. Okay. So why did you become an interior designer? Oh, wow. That's a big question. Let's start out at the bang. Um, you know, it has, it's everything. It's like all encompassing. I really love so much. I just uh, like, there's never enough time in the day. And the great thing about design is it's, it's a little bit of everything. It's people, it's pretty, it's tactful, you know, it's all your senses. It's all, it's everything all in. Did you, when you were a kid, did you know any designers? Did you do any of the things like the room rearranging, the dollhouse making, anything that would have pointed you in that direction? I would say I was really inspired by both my grandmother and my mom's side. And and mom, they were both um, real entertainers, love the house nesters. So we always cared about that pretty things and um, fixing up. And so I think that was just taking cues of being surrounded by beauty, really. And but I didn't know any, didn't know any designers. Mm-hmm. And and so when you went to um, college, did you declare your major? Um, I mean, did you start with interior design or did you start with something different? This is the best, the best story, and why I think really design ended up as the the big picture. I remember calling my father every couple of weeks. So excited. I'm going to declare my major on psychology. I just love people. And, I, you know, talking about thinking about people. And then two weeks later, I'd say, well, you know, after reading Sartre or Nietzsche, you know, it was sort of philosophy. And then it was English and art history. And it was, and all of a sudden, each time he was just gracious. And he'd say, well, sweetie, that's wonderful. And then the next week, and finally, I it I realized the beauty of design through my art history courses. Realized it really culminated with everything. It was people. It was history. It was art. It was culture. Um, and that I think is really the whole notion of interior design. And and you were at a school that had that major, yes? Yes. So that was the, so I ended up um, kind of double majoring in art history and interior design. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that gave me the love of art and color and kind of got me going there. So with art history, just curious, do you have a favorite period or a few artists that are just like, you know, you loved studying about? Yeah, I guess I'm really a pop art girl. And just, you know, the, the graphics of it, the energy, you know, you think of uh, Warhol and 
you know, um, Mondrian, any of the graphic colors um, really spark joy and color, super color, color. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you that my my final paper in my major was on pop art. So it was. Who's your favorite? I love Wesselman and Wesselman and probably Lichtenstein. Yeah. Are two of my favorite pop artists, but I really love the surrealists as well. Isn't that fun? Yeah. We'll have to go to the Walker someday when I come to Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, definitely. Or will we can meet in New York and go to MoMA and my um just as a little um side note, PS because we grew up, you know, kind of my kids grew up with art all around and fun, joyful and bright, bold art. Um, one of my daughters works for Christie auction house in the pop art department. So she's actually in the, I would say it's the modern art um, department. Oh my gosh. I love that. The apple does not fall far from the tree. After you studied and got your BFA, is that when you went into the workforce and sort of discovered that there was not a lot of hiring in interior design? And is, is that when you went into fashion? Yeah, there was a little love. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of getting not very patient. <laughs> um, still, so I was like, okay, it's been three weeks. I can't find a job, you know. And um, anyway, so just that I um, expanded my interest. And of course, I love so much and love fashion and color and design. And there was an uh, opening. I was living in Boston at the time. And there was a position um, with Talbots and the home base is in Hingham, um, which is so pretty, this swanky little town, you know, um, south of, of Boston. And so that was, that was fun. And I got in the catalog development business. And at the time, of course, catalogs were hot, hot, hot. And um, um, Talbots was producing 12 catalogs at the time anyway. So I got into that, which was doing still life photography, on-site photography with the models, laying out the pages and just gobbling up and learning about your side of the business. You were making a magazine, basically, yeah. Really well, I don't know. Yeah, it was, like a little baby. And um, so anyway, that was my my the first job. And then I thought, oh, gosh, just being around all the fashion and the color and um, there was an opportunity to get into buying. So I ended up system buying and then buying sportswear. And um, that's a dog eat dog world, though. Oh, that's tough. How many years did you spend in fashion, approximately? Oh, so, so I was there for like seven years. Really almost the first, uh, just under the first decade of my career. And yeah. when did you know it was time to get out? I, you know, I think it, it's a tough world. It's hard. There's, I mean, you think of 7th Avenue and 6th Avenue in New York. Um, um, I think I've just, maybe it was my, the little softer Midwest roots. I wasn't quite ready for the hardcore. Um, I, I know I love the people. I think it became sort of a little more business driven than um, relationship driven i and i really i love the one-on-one of working with our client and uh 
anyway, I think I was ready for to, I missed uh, just the design element and thinking of the interiors and one-on-one relationships. Did when you were um, living in New York or in Boston, you know, as far as your design, you know, loving design, did you always have fabulous little apartments? They were, oh, we have always had fun, fun apartments. You're right. Exploring design. Some not as big or fancy, but creative and drag the artwork from place to place. Was the pace of fashion just getting a little bit obscene? I think the, the pace of it, and we had started a family, had a little baby at the time. And I think I just was feeling, you know, some days I'd leave at, you know, six in the morning. And I wouldn't see her again until almost she was to sleep. Oftentimes I'd take the 815 train home. And so that, you know, you just realize you're just sort of passing in the night. And yeah. Quality of life. I knew that that was a pivoted, pivoting point where we needed to come back to Minneapolis. My roots reconnect with family and friends that could also support me raising, you know, our family and being a professional woman. So balancing that, I think, um, really um, brought us back to where family was. Right. And, and so at that point, did you say, okay, it's time to jumpstart my interior design career now? Is, and did you... Did you go right into interior design when you moved back? Yeah, I called my first call. Once it was, okay, we're off and running and we're going to pack up the car and put the baby and the dog in the car and off we go. Um, And the art, got the art in the car. (laughs) Anyway, I called Tom Gunkelman, who was um, I interned for um, during design school. And it just, he was just fabulous. And I called him. I said, I'm heading back to Minneapolis. And he said, come see me. You've got a job. He really did. And I started working with Tom and for really the first 10 years back in the design business, worked with him with a very fun, open, engaging studio. And then when did you take the leap? And what, 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 when did you know that it was time to then open your own business? You know, we built, it created a wonderful relationships with the clients. And I was ready for that new challenge and spark that I always seemed to, to find, you know, just something for a new challenge. And I was ready. I was ready. And I would say also my husband, David, my Darling, sweetheart, very um, supportive. And he was like, you can do this. Just go for it. Let's do this. Did you feel bad at all, you know, when you had to break the news to, to your boss and to the people? Or, and, and were they very supportive? Everybody was supportive. I think in the design business, you know, we really, you create such a, a fun team and a, you're very close with your bond with your team. And um, Tom is my mentor, always, you know, encouraged us to grow, encouraged us to expand, be, um, be, go out on our own. And I think it's the same with our studio. We want everybody to 
um, be the best they can be. And there's always that point where you're ready. And I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going into your 15 years in business, maybe into your 16th year. Yeah. 16. You're right. Mm-hmm. We need a party this year, Jane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Aren't you ready for a party? I think so. Yes. Yes. If I can go to one later in the year without my mask. I know. I'll be really happy about that. Just to show up with a smile, you know. I know. Where you really see, and yeah, you see the whole person. Yes. And I totally miss it. So, all right. So now, are you speaking? Are we podcasting? Are you in your office now? Yeah, we're in. I'm in the studio. Yeah. Surrounded by everything I love. Yes. That's my, yes. You got your Andy Warhol behind you. Yeah. And then surrounded by our plants. So we, we have um, a kind of combination. I don't know whether I'm in the desert or the tropical beach. Mm-hmm. So we have both. But there's color everywhere. Yeah. There's color in both those environments. So can you tell um, the the listeners a little bit about your work environment and where your office is, where your studio is? Yes. So we're in International Market Square, also known as IMS, and it's um, a regional design center. And it's wonderful. It's five floors and it was an old um, Munsingware factory. So it has a really cool kind of a little bit of an industrial vibe. We have a big atrium and then all the uh, showrooms and design studios kind of surround the atrium and gosh we have i think 42 ish um showrooms and studios and so it's very engaging it's a very close-knit group um and just built a lot of friends here so it's always always something going on one thing that you you shared with me in the questionnaire and i want i want to talk a little bit about your inspiration Um, so you shared with me that you're an outward bound girl. You did your first outward bound at 14 and you basically, it was three days of journal writing. I mean, that's not all it was, but you said, you know, three days of journal writing. So I have a couple of questions. One is, do you still have that journal? Do you? Yeah, I do. I do. And the worst part about the journal, Jane, I came home and I felt so good. And I'd written everything down, you know, as you can imagine at 14, what you write. Mm-hmm. And my mother picked me up at the airport. And the first thing I said is, I can't wait to show you the journal. Not a good idea. I don't think she was happy reading. <laughs> but but I, yes, I still have the journal. Oh, I, I love that. Um, my second question is, um, how does nature, like, it seemed like you were just so happy there being out side and how does nature influence your work today oh my gosh great question every day wow it really does every day in fact i find um recentering the need to recenter just to kind of reboot for you know to prepare for our clients it's very you give so much give 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 and you're always thinking of creativity and ideas and being on for your clients, you know, really, I find that being in the environment, being outside really reconnects, re-earths and reboots. 
So for me, it's key definitely on the weekends or whether we're traveling is to connect again. Um, and I think and maybe you find this too, that just, I find it most inspiring during writing is just, you know, whether you're outside or you're looking outside, but your mind sort of drifts and wanders and the creativity sparks. There was a quote um, that as I was on your website last night, I was looking at all of the press that you have gotten, and we're going to go to that subject in a minute. But um, I've read something that was in the Star Tribune, and it was a quote of yours about a house. And you said, the thing to remember is take a lesson from the land. When you're thinking about how you want to update your house, look around and take cues from the site. Sometimes as designers, we muck it up or put a trend in or our own signature. But I, I took that quote to mean like really nature is like just let it let it wash over you. Let it sort of be the guide, you know, um, of that. Because I feel like a lot of your beautiful design work that I see, you know, big windows, you know, not obstructed, you know, curtains. It's like you want the view. You want to bring that, you know, lusciousness in. Isn't that true? That is true. There really are more open spaces of bringing the outside in. I think one of the starting a new project is always very exciting. And of course, I, that, you know, as a designer, you always love starting anew. And so, you know, sometimes the, the idea of taking the cues from the site, um, you know, whether it's the, the, you know, beachy hue or the soft sand, you know, the blue sky and the green tropics, if we're doing a beach house, um, or, you know, the sort of rocky shoreline um, or the pine needles for a cabin. And I think one, you feel and connect to the earth through those colors because you're meandering down the path on the pine needle and then you come inside and you have this floor that's almost like the transition so natural from pine needle to the wood. And so I think sometimes we'll scour and I really will go hunt and gather with a basket and come back with pieces of bark and, um, you know, kind of flower petals that wilt away. But the yellow is still a cue that we bring back into the fabric or into the palette. So um, I love, yeah, I love foraging for inspiration. Foraging. Yeah, the yeah. natural forager. Hey listeners, it's Jane Dagmy, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. I'm so glad you found our podcast. Did you also know that we print our magazine eight times a year and mail it to your home or office? Yes, interior design professionals can request a complimentary subscription by simply going to designerstoday.com and clicking on the button at the top that says subscribe. It's that simple. And while you're there, if you hit the newsletter tab, you can sign up for our weekly news, as well as that of our sister publications. And now back to our show. How do you market yourself? How do you get out there? Oh, gosh, I think, um, well, fortunately, I guess we've been lucky. Many of our legacy clients and our wonderful clients that have been, we've been together for 
gosh, sometimes some of them 30 years. I mean, just decades. And I feel so fortunate that they, you know, we're just become friends and um, loyal. Um, and so we've been able to travel to different parts of the country on their behalf and create beautiful houses with them for them. And so I think, say, for example, the Florida Design or some of the national magazines um, or, say, Better Homes and Gardens. Uh, but as you said, I think uh, some of the magazines have just scouted us from afar. Like you and don't, I mean, um, you haven't really um, had like a concerted like effort, like calling people up or emailing them or, or, you know, just kind of organic. It has been a little organic, you know, years ago, maybe 15 years ago, we did a showcase house with traditional home and I met um, Jill Waggy and great old friends from um, uh, Meredith publishing. So maybe it's some, at so many times it's the relationship, I think, which you probably find too. Don't you, you just, Oh yeah. Um, the connection's a personal connection. Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you have a big library? Crazy. I think I'm I think I'm book obsessed. Yes. They're gonna be burying me with with my books. And are there certain books that have like the most post-its or dog ears or you know, like are there certain books that you go to a lot? I feel like you know, it's funny where there's the design books and design studio books, which I'll pour through here, but mostly a lot at home. And um, and then I feel like, I don't know, I'm kind of a poetry crazy girl and love reading poetry and inspired by more like literature and words that then get you in the mood, that gets me in the mood for creating. So I would say... Oftentimes it's reading biographies and autobiographies and poetry that stimulates my mind to move beyond into the creative. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't you it doesn't have to. Yeah. You know, I mean it doesn't have to make sense for everybody. It makes sense for you, right? What are you reading now? I just started Bunny Williams, the uh, a great book. Um, uh, about her. And then I, let's see, I was reading just last week about Enneagrams. Enneagrams? Which, what, are, what are they? Yes, the nine personality types. And it, Enneagram is Greek for nine. And it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll send you um, the information on the book. And of course, my husband, we were both reading it. He was figuring out what I was and I was figuring out, but I was really supposed to figure out what, you know, yourself is instead of, anyway, it's so, it's so funny, but um, it's good. That was fun. A little segue. Cool. Do you take notes when you're reading things like that? Or do you write on pages or? Yeah, I write on pages, highlight, circle. Yeah. The forever student. Colorful, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. Otherwise it, it kind of goes out, you know, comes in and goes out. I have to be um, interactive with it. Yeah. Well, Jane, didn't you, were you, did you go to Parsons or you? I did. I did. Um, I went, well, first I went to Tufts and got my BA in American studies. 
And I didn't think I wanted, I mean, I didn't know about interior design, like, you know, didn't come across my path. I thought advertising, maybe I'll do fashion, something in fashion, but, and then I don't, I don't even remember when I, or why I said, okay, I'll go to Parsons and study interior design, but I did. I'd love to hear a little bit about your, your own art and your new pillow collection, because um, I've seen the pillows, I've touched them. Um, they feel like, they feel really good. You know, the size, the fill, beautiful. So how did your pillow collection come to be? Oh, gosh. It's been a, a labor of love the last couple of years. And um, uh, a friend of mine, Mark Burnett, who lives in L.A., really we connected and decided to, he wanted to launch a pillow line. So together we launched this line and it has been really, uh, oh, so this creative and flirty and carefree and filled my weekends and nights of uh, just catching away little mixed media um, not knowing sort of what's going to transpire, um, just kind of explore, exploring through different media. But we knew we wanted plumpy, downy. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Squishy, downy. Because don't you find, like, there's so many, there are great pillows out, but they're either, they're too small. Everything's 18 inches, 20. Yeah, or it's too bouncy. It's too... Stiff and foamy and yeah. So we knew we, you know, I wanted plumpy. If you're going to do it, you know, just go all in. And full, you know, sometimes the cover is just too loose. And so we wanted to you know, overstuff. So to get it overstuffed, what did you do? I mean, what was? Really almost two, two sizes. So usually if we want a 22-inch pillow, and I actually have a little pillow here but you know like so let's say we took the 22 inch pillow we um would get a 24 inch form so that way it really fills all the edges yeah yeah i mean that pillow looks like it kind of dwarfs you it looks like (laughs) (laughs) it is yeah it's good and tell me about the what about the beautiful tassel that hangs the little um lucky charm so each one is different, fun, kind of hand-picked. We love the little braided um, tassel charm. And um, not only is it good luck, but it can be shared and passed along. So um, we have a, a little loop on here, but you can also, we have a little um, closure, little lobster closure that you could um, move it about, um, put it on you know, attach it to your little handbag or of sorts. But the idea is we, I found them in, um, in Mexico, but they're hand colored to coordinate with the pillows. And um, it was just an added, added charm. We also, for, if, for every charm, we donate to, um, uh, you know, different charity. So that's also fun little, giveaway in many ways. Totally, totally. Um so I want to talk actually about charity, but I'm not done with the pillows. So are so how many pillows are in the collection? 
There are 20 pillows in the collection. And is all of the the um the designs are all of the designs from your head? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they're all just a fun creations. Um, and we're developing a new collection for spring, which um will uh, also be in the same spirit of color and playfulness and uh, but but different designs. Yeah. Very good. And those okay. All right. So charity and and philanthropy and giving back. Um, this is also some a huge area, and you devote quite a bit of your website to your what you do in the community. So um, first of all, you're really busy. You keep taking on more things. How do you find the time, and why do you insist on finding the time to? give to your community? Oh, I think it's really what gets, I mean, it's the important part, the heart part, um, the necessary part. And if you don't have, I mean, I couldn't not have time for that, for sure. That's um, so, and I think um, together our stu- in our studio, it's really top of mind for all of us um, giving back to the community and making a difference. So together we, um, work to, we're working on a project for Design for a Difference um, that actually we met this morning with our team to talk about it and to really make it happen. It was a little um, quiet during 2020 because everything got kind of tum- you know turned upside down. But we're we're back at that and um, doing a project for NAS. Um, it's called Northside Achievement Zone. And they're wonderful um, uh, it, it, nonprofit that uh, is working very hard. Their mission is to close the education gap. I like when you said, you know, how can you not find time to do that? But just curious, because you you, I, you told me that you do not sleep a lot. Yeah, so, and and I, I'm with you. What time do you usually go to bed? Well, I think I'm going to bed, you know, around 10, but it's usually just before midnight. And then I'm up early. Um, and what's early? Well, I would say 536. Okay. I go to bed much later, but it's much harder for me to get up in the morning. But I like to get up in the morning. I just have found it. I thought it was supposed to be very light at like 630 in the morning, but it's not. It's not. No, it's not. But I know I think it's important. I've been doing more um, research on the importance of sleep. So I think and I think we've all learned that with the pandemic, just taking better care of ourselves and that sleep and, and better sleep allows you to be more productive and more creative. So it does have good intention. It does. I think it, it helps. Um repair, you know, repair cells and, and the mind. So I definitely need it for my mind, but, um, so I'm curious. I mean, this is like one of those sort of reflective questions. Um, so you've, you've lived many experiences, different careers, different places, but if you could go back and offer your younger self a piece of wisdom or tell tell your younger self something that you that you learned that maybe you 
wish you knew, even though it seems like things are going pretty darn good right now. What would you tell yourself? I would say, um, I guess, dive into what you really feel passionate about, not what you think you should do, not what you think your parents want you to do, but what the true, your true calling is. Like, whatever that is that speaks to you is pursue it, even if it's a far reach, you know, even if you, you have a lot of stumbling blocks or something along the way that might say you can't. Just to tell yourself you can and to do one step at a time. And then if you get, you know, you might see. And the other thing, I guess, is this, there's a zig and the zag and the journey is long and it's a wonderful kind of embrace each curve and each juncture. And you might stay there. And, I, you know, I think as our conversation today, we can see with both of us, you know, we've had a different journeys and embrace each one be in it for them and it may be it you might have thought you might have I don't know you know you have big dreams go for them but then if you get to a juncture where you're like oh this feels good this feels like me then hover there until it doesn't when you hear, and maybe you don't hang out with these people, but I'm sure your path has crossed people that go, oh my God, I am so bored. Like, if this is so boring or, you know, are you ever bored? Oh, no, I know. David, David's always saying, oh, honey, you just, yeah, you're such a dreamer. Yeah, just take a breath. It's okay. You could be bored. Like, I don't even know what that is. Like, why be bored? I mean, there's no reason you can be quiet. You could be still. You could be thinking, you could be pensive, you know, reading, but how bored is like, that's a cop-out. I think that's a cop-out. Yeah. I'm just like, really? Like, <laughs> there's so much to learn, you right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly doing two things at once just to try and make something fit, you know? It's like... I mean, for goodness sake, there's great Netflix programming, you know, that can take your mind away. Are you watching anything these days? Do you, do you, you said, you said that you love to listen. I listen. I just, and I think we really, it's music. I'm not a good, what happens to about there's not enough time in day. I even like sitting today, I'm such a good girl sitting for us, but um, I feel, I feel, uh, I just, like, I don't know, is it, what's the Bodhisattva with the million arms? Oh, like, go, go, go. So for me to sit to watch a movie or TV is just not in my DNA. But to multitask or to be thinking and drawing and listening to music, now music to my ears is kind of, that's heaven. And the music, um, we have our mix on all day long here. And it's a, it's, there's some pop, there might be some reggae, there's old rock and roll or, you know, something new. So it's sort of a mix. Yeah, I, I, I like music, but I can't work to it. I, I can't really work to it. Is it too it, distracting? Yeah, it's too, it makes me want to get up and dance and move. And so if I'm painting or writing, it's either silence 
or just very faint television in the background. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, music's fun. (laughs) Music is so fun. What are you most looking forward to this year? Oh, gosh. Um, So many new projects. Each new meeting new friends and really kind of, um, I feel like we're in such a, uh, we're prepared for great new beginnings. So I think we have lots of ideas on the horizon. We're working on tabletop um, designs for um, table decor, as well as wallpaper designs and new pillow designs. So just going down that adventure, uh, as well as really fun, interesting projects and new clients. Yeah. Yeah. Is the and and the last year, is there something that um for you you learned about yourself or your team that is just so uplifting? Yeah, I think our team, we I can't believe what we did and what we created together from afar. And with the the four of us and the dedication, the ideas, the willingness to shift and create um, really together and completely new, new ways, new energy and being very supportive. So I think um, we blossomed a lot as a team and individually because it was hard. It was, you know, during quarantine, it's lonely when you're in the creative world. You know, it's, it's, um, and we feed off people. So I think we became, um, we each learned about ourselves. And then as together, uh, we had a fun blue sky day right after the new year where we designed our superhero capes. We decided we needed superpowers and we needed to prepare our capes for 2021 to really um, be ready. This has been lovely. Yeah. It's been wonderful. We have this definitely our first of many dates. For sure, for sure. So I want to thank you and um, have a beautiful weekend, rest of your day. And you'll be hearing from me, Lucy Penfield. Okay, thank you, Jane. This has just been a, a... I appreciate it. Okay. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Said. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.